Hello and welcome to the Pop Matters Podcast. I am your host, John Moose Williamson. Pop Matters is produced by the Calvin College Student Activities Office, the Calvin College SAO, changing the conversation about pop culture. I work in the SAO as a grown-up employee and work with a team of students to produce this podcast. Our first story was released on SoundCloud a couple weeks ago in anticipation of our concert with the Lone Bellow, which has now passed. But I sat down with Joel Gustafson, a recent graduate of Calvin College, to talk about the Lone Bellow, which is one of his very favorite bands. Well, Joel, w- welcome to the show. Welcome Thanks. to Pop Matters. Yeah, glad to be here. Joel, you're, uh, you recently graduated from yeah, Calvin. Yeah, I, I, I got my Bachelor of Arts in December in Strategic Communication and minored in Youth Ministry, but I'm still in the area, so... Here and, we are. And so you're an alumnus. You're a, you're a knight for life. I am a knight for life. For life. In, indeed. Beautiful knights for life. I understand you like this band, Lone Bellow. Oh, the, the Lone Bellow? The Lone Bellow, yes. I, I love them. If you had to, if you had to describe the band to someone who never heard them, like what kind of what kind of band is it? What do they sound like? Uh huh. Yeah, they describe themselves as Brooklyn country, and okay. I'm not entirely sure what exactly that means. They've never really specified what it means, as far as I know. But... I think we all know what Brooklyn country means. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I had to describe their sound, I'd say it's, um, especially on their most recent album, "Then Came the Morning." It sounds like. A good combination of country and then folk and then blues and rock and roll, um, kind of combining lots of those elements into one album. And it almost sounds like a mess when talking about it, but listening to it, everything comes together and it all makes sense. Your name was written on the apple. I got my name under that tree. I usually listen to their more to songs like Heaven Don't Call Me Homer, Cold As It Is While I'm Cooking. Mm. And something, you know, helps me feel like I'm doing something really exciting when really I'm just, you know, making pork chops or microwaving up some orange chicken. But then I love listening to songs like Tree to Grow or Watch Over Us when I'm driving in the car. And it's early in the morning and I'm still working on waking up, but I need to have something going. Yeah, so I remember my sophomore year when I finally had a decent record player. Um, After listening to their self-titled album on Spotify, I bought it on vinyl and hosted like a listening party in my dorm room. Watch over us. Watch over us. When my hands are Later, seeing them in concert my junior year at Calvin, that was incredible. They're a phenomenal live band, and they translate everything well. Um, The encore, where they kind of stepped away from the microphones and led the crowd in a giant sing-along, or when um, the backing band kind of left off and it walked off and it was the three core members 
just performing two sides of Lonely and Watch Over Us around one single microphone in the CFAC, and it was beautiful, and I might have cried, but you'll never know because you weren't there. Watch over us Father, Do you have a very favorite song of theirs? I think I'm gonna have to go with Tree to Grow mm. from their self-titled album. I'll never leave, I'll always stay, I swear on all that I keep Musically, I love how it starts out very quietly and then slowly brings in other elements like harmonies, percussion. And lyrically, it really touches on the commitment I was talking about earlier, mm. where Zach Williams sings, my love is older than my soul, and making the promise to stay committed to this relationship because of how deep the love is. And then it kind of explodes in the bridge and everything just seems to soar. Next, I'll share a piece from a conversation I had with a few students about music and how it holds the power to move us. What does music do for you? Probably one of the most important parts about music for me is that it has kind of a healing aspect that like a lot of other, um, just a lot of other aspects of my life don't have and it's something that I feel like people can relate to on a personal level without having it be, be this, uh, it, it can be an intimate experience without you knowing somebody, you know, without knowing the artist. Um, which is something really interesting. To me, one of the best feelings that I've known is when you can recognize something that you thought was unique to you um, in someone else. So when someone articulates something that you didn't have the words for or uh, maybe even didn't realize you felt, I think a lot of people have experienced this in a book they really like, and maybe it's what people mean when they say that they identify or sympathize with the character. Um, in this office, we talk a lot about music as like a language, and I think it has the potential to express feelings or stories or other stuff with a really unique vocabulary or accuracy. I think music transcends a sort of like factual understanding and gets to a more emotional truth, which is how music can really hit you without having an overt or pointed message, 
or maybe even without having words at all. Shadows and light conspiring Cover bridge ice cream Cottage grove shade builds a world and gets you in the head of the person creating it. So the wonderful connection is when you feel like this world you found fits and maybe expresses something for you, something you couldn't express on your own or didn't know how. So I guess it's really just another means of connection between humans, and I think that that connection to others is one of the most meaningful things we have. It reminded me a little bit of what I think happens a lot when you listen to stand-up comedy and it works for you, when the joke is like, oh yeah, totally, yeah. that's exactly what the bank is like, <laughs> or whatever. But you like, hadn't thought of it yourself. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like, cool. oh, they, they arranged, but it's like, oh, that's so true. Yeah. And I think in some capacity that's a lot of what respond to is like, oh, that, that's so true. most recent concert was with pop singer-songwriter Ben Rector. At as many concerts as possible, we make a request to have an opportunity to sit down with the artist in front of the audience to discuss their art. This is part of our mission to change the relationship our students have with the music they listen to. Ken Hefner, director of student activities, typically hosts these conversations and asks a few questions to get us started, then opens it up to the audience. We try to avoid questions about tour buses and girlfriends and being a celebrity and instead focus on what it means to be an artist what they're trying to say who influences them who inspires them and hear from them what we can do to be a better audience here are a few highlights from that conversation with ben rector artists don't work in a silo. You're in a band, for one thing, and you can just tell how much you are dependent on your band, how much you work together as a team. Yeah. But also, it's, there's, this, there's this conversation that's going on all the time in the public square between artists. Mm -hmm. So who are some of the artists? Musical artists, filmmakers, mm -hmm. visual artists, poets, uh, who are influencing your work? Like, who are you reading right now? What are you right. seeing? How is that showing up in your work? I think, honestly, the biggest thing I'm influenced right now by, and this is not like a haha -ha funny thing, um, I think what's going on in food is really cool. And what I like about that is there's this thing where like in music, um, I think there was a time earlier on where something could be accessible and uh, interesting and well-crafted at the same time. And I feel like those two things have split a little bit. And that's not to knock accessible music or you know, interesting music. I just think like, they've kind of split a little bit. And in food, it's becoming an art form and an entertainment art form. And I feel like what's cool about it is there are no guilty pleasures. Like there are unbelievable restaurants, unbelievable chefs who are making really uh, approachable food really well. And I feel like the problem is a lot of times in music, 
it feels like if you find a chef type artist, it's usually kind of inaccessible unless you're really into music, unless you can like really get excited about drum sounds or like whatever. And if you can't, like if I played my mom some weird music, she'd just be like, I don't like this. But if I took my mom to a really great restaurant that was approachable, she'd be like, this is the best burger I've ever had. And if you wanna just eat the burger and like it, that's great. And if you wanna look at it and be like, this guy did this and this and this to all these things, and he has this craft and technique, you can find that in food. And I love, I love that about art. I love art that is approachable and it's about the consumer. If you wanna come in and like be like, look at this artwork, you can do that too. So I think I like that a lot. This isn't easy, this isn't clear And you don't need Jesus till you're here Then confusion and the doubts you hide So a good audience has certain qualities and, and every night, I'm not a musician, but I, I observe that something happens between the artist and the audience and there's a connection that goes on and sometimes it's invisible but you're picking it up. What are the things you long for? What are the qualities that you hope for in a great audience that we can then try to strive for? I, I think you guys are doing a great job. I was gonna say this. Uh, this is a really unique environment. Like, nobody else does this. Um, as an artist, my thing has always been, if anybody ever occasionally asks me a question of like, about this, you have to work so hard to make people care and you have to earn the right for people to like care enough to dig into your music and what you want to say. And I think that you're trying to do that and that you do that is so rare. I play a lot of shows and nobody does this. Like, you know, people are just like, let's get a selfie, whatever. And uh, I mean, just the fact that you're here and like want to hear anything is, is great. I would say a literal answer to your question. Um, I can't speak for everybody and I don't know if everybody's like this. I think the hardest thing for me about this job as it has grown is like it's hard for me to connect with people because they get so excited and I think the truth is and I don't want to like crush any dreams here but the thing you are excited about is not a character it's not I'm not like making it up it's a version of me but like the like Ben Rector trademark like doesn't exist like my wife doesn't know that guy my friends don't know that guy and I think if I could ask for anything I would ask for you to see them as people because that's all they are some people, you know, maybe crave that attention longer or want that affirmation. I think that's fine. But there's a, there's a counselor in Nashville who just counsels artists. He does it for free. And uh, he said this to me as I was leaving. Uh, and I was like, you know what? You see this a lot. Like, what, what do you see for people to go through this? And he's like, uh, I would say the human heart isn't built for fame. And that's right. Like nobody's built to take in that much attention. And as hard as it is, like if I had gone out for lunch and someone had seen me and had been like, I really wanna get a video of you saying hi to my fill in the blank. Like I really wanna whatever. That's the only side of people that I see on the road. The only side I see of people is people that I employ. All the guys on the road I employ or people that are really excited about me. And that's super disorienting if you're not a psychopath. And I, and I, and I'm not one. This feels like, this feels like the bizarro world to me. It always has. Tomorrow I get to go home, and I get to like be a real person again. So I'd say if you could do anything to be a good audience, it would be, you know, treat them like a person.
That's our show for now. We've been working on a few stories the past few weeks that we hope to have ready for you soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Pop Matters podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. Just search for Pop Matters. You can stream our shows on SoundCloud and hear the Ben Rector conversation in its entirety at soundcloud.com slash calvinsao. Our show was edited today by first-year student David Fitch and myself with help from our whole production team, Daniel Hickey, David Fitch, Morgan Anderson, Emma Carpenter, Sarah Kennedy, Cotter Copeland, Gregory Manny, Jordan Peterson, Derek Camp, Ollie Crevier, Haley Jansen, and Patrick Yonker. Thanks for listening.